Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Seabass of WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. We will talk Vanderbilt football. The title sponsor of our podcast this year is Jody Jones DDS, trusted for his creative design and committed to both the function and aesthetics of your smile. Jody Jones provides a range of sought-after dental and cosmetic dentistry services at his practice in Nashville. He's earned the title of number one in Nashville for his cosmetic dentistry and provides a unique luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile or other services. Patients enjoy getting services from Dr. Jones and his attentive team in a spy-like atmosphere. Dr. Jones has worked with many artists, movie stars, and celebrities over the years and is dedicated to providing first-rate results to all of his patients. He never compromises quality so patients can be confident they will always receive the highest level of care. Thank you to Jody Jones DDS for making this season of the podcast possible. Our news is presented by our good friends at Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you have been injured in an accident. Please call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Well, as of Thursday Afternoon, Vanderbilt Ole Miss is on for Saturday. Kickoff time scheduled for three at Vanderbilt Stadium. That game will be shown on the SEC Network. Seabass appears on our guest line today. The guest line is presented by Bowl and Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue how comfortable Bowl and Branch sheets could be until I got some. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us today, my man. What's up, brother? How you doing? Maybe not as well as you. Oh, man, I, I can't imagine that you would be, dude. I just polished off a bottle of Hershey's cookies and cream milk. Man, boy, that stuff was fire. Where do you get this stuff? I've never heard of it. Oh, it was at a very ritzy, upscale place here in Jackson called uh, Dollar Tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, are there yeah. like chunks of cookie in the milk, or does it just taste like that? No. No, shoot, no. Just, I mean, it was like a Hershey's. You know, they got like the Hershey's cookies and cream candy bars. Uh, they just got it in drink, drink form. It's a, uh, yeah, it's some, it's some heat, baby. I'll tell you that much. You'd like it. Am I weird, or I always liked chocolate milk better when it was not like full on chocolate, but like half strong. But you like, oh, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. Ah, yeah, you're kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, you're a little bit, you're a little bit weird, but you got to understand something, man. My palate is very different. My, my half of my life is spent in Southeast Texas, and the other in Memphis. You know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, I, I just, uh, I like the finer things. Is the only way I know how to put it. 
That's why I'm a Vanderbilt fan. I'm a Vanderbilt Yes, that's obviously why. Are you a dry ribs or wet ribs guy? Uh, You know, this is actually one that I get a lot uh, from people, and it's actually pretty easy for me. I respect the heck out of both, love both. As a matter of fact, uh, I would have to say that my favorite by a significant margin is dry rub. Yeah. Which may surprise a lot of people coming with me coming from Memphis. But I am a dry rub guy. But speaking of Memphis, do you know that I've never stepped foot inside of rendezvous ribs? Oh, now let me tell you, if you like dry ribs, you've got to try theirs. They're the best I've ever had. Well, I'll just say this to you. I've had them. I just never stepped foot in there. Uh, but here's what I can tell you. Uh, if you're looking for some great dry rub ribs, uh, there's a little place here in Jackson, if you're passing through on 45, just as you come into the south part of town, that's called Diddy's. Uh, Chris, one time I was producing a show for the late Bill Way, who's a legend here, uh, who's since passed away now. Um, and I was producing his show one day, and Diddy's brought us a, each a slab of ribs up, and those dry rub ribs. So I went out to my truck during a break because our breaks at that time, because Bill didn't like to take breaks, so we would double up, and these breaks would be about eight or nine minutes. And, man, I went and sat in my car and uh, opened up that slab of ribs. Next thing I know, I got people knocking on my window saying, yo, dude, we got dead air. And I can't even grab the door because my fingers are just covered with dust, with with with, with rib dust, man. Uh, best I've ever eaten. Best I, now, this is coming from somebody who spent their life in Memphis and, and Texas. Uh, they're the best I've ever seen. So if you're coming through Memphis or Jackson in the south part, stop by Diddy's. You'll dig it. Well, let's get around to football. Um, I guess the big thing is the Jake Beck yeah. decommitment, uh, which was a big blow for Vanderbilt. You know, look, Jack Beck was uh, – I call him Jake. Hit. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. already I was, <laughs> Well, uh, that's, uh, the reason I even said his first name was, you know, just so you'd hear it, you know, and maybe like, well, next time. <laughs> uh, but – you know, Jack Beck. Uh, look, this is gonna I'm not gonna be a surprise to anybody. It, it wasn't, and and as and as soon as that offer came down, and I saw it, you know, maybe two minutes after he had posted it on Twitter, uh, that he had tweeted out they'd been offered. I knew what it was. I mean, you know, it's. I mean, it's. We, we we're not gonna hold on to people like this. people said. Well, we won the the Donovan Kaufman. Uh, uh, we held on to them. Well, last time I checked, I don't think LSU offered Donovan Kaufman. You know. And look, it really sucks because Beck is the type of guy. I mean, and I know a lot of people listen to him at tight end. I don't think he's a tight end. Uh, I think he's a wide receiver. Uh, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, uh, but he's the type of guy who could, you know, change your fortunes offensively. That guy is going to be good. He's going to be good for LSU. I don't want to hear about the stars. That that guy's that guy's a player. You know, and and he's gonna make somebody very happy, whether it's LSU uh, or whoever. Now that the floodgates are open and everybody knows, um, you know, I see a lot of people talking about it on the board, and they're, you know, I know you're trying to be profound and all that, but we all understand. Look, I mean, yeah, of course, of course, we understand. I mean, LSU offered the dude's a Louisiana kid. It's a great opportunity. They're going to, they're, I mean, who would turn that down? Very few kids. And, 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 and Beck's no different. Um, 
But I mean, I, I don't see the problem with expre- expressing disappointment. Good God, who wouldn't? Anybody who loses their top commitment, including LSU and Alabama and Texas and Tennessee and all of them, if they lose their top commitment, they're going to bellyache about it. They should. It doesn't make you a worse fan. It doesn't mean you don't understand. Of course we get those things. We know why he decommitted. That's not rocket science. But it's okay to express your disappointment in something. I have a problem with that. You start making fun of the kid or calling a name. That's a whole other situation. Uh, But I'll be the first person to tell you, I'm crushed about it. That dude could have been a complete difference maker. You know, yeah, I get that he has an opportunity to play at a place like LSU. And for a Louisiana kid, you can't do any better than that, especially coming off a national championship. But stop bellyaching about people bellyaching. I mean, there's not a base that wouldn't do it. There's just not one. And at least they know that they can fill it with somebody equal or maybe as good. We don't have that opportunity. We don't have that ability. So when we lose somebody like that, uh, it, it's 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 twice as bad, and then we start turning and looking at Derek Mason and all these other things. This is this was not a Derek Mason thing. Okay, Derek Mason has nothing to do with that decommitment. You know, he just didn't. If we were ten and two for the last six years, and he was committed to Vanderbilt, and LSU offered him, he's going to LSU. You know, so while, yeah, I can come up with a billion different things to not like about some things with Derek Mason, this is not it. This is not his fault. You know, you're not going to hold on to it. And by the way, I wouldn't you say that for the most part, Chris, uh, that Derek Mason and this coaching staff have done a fairly decent job over the last couple of years, despite uh, the records of holding on to their class. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, for what it's worth at this point, I mean, they're just they're getting clocked on the field right now. So I'm trying to think. Well, of that's who different, lost. but that's a totally different discussion. That's about player development. That's a totally different discussion. Or, or is it? I mean, maybe it they're is. not a, it's a totally the different right kids discussion. to begin with. Yeah, it's a totally different discussion because if you look at the offer off, you look at the offer list of the players that have committed to Vanderbilt over the past, just say four or five years, and compare them to offer lists from the other from other head coaches for Vanderbilt over the past twenty years and the classes. This is these are every bit as good as good or better. You know, so it's 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 not like they're this this is not the days where they're beating out Furman for players for the most part. I mean, there's a couple that are not really highly recruited, but for the most part, most of these guys have power, you know, you know, power five and even SEC offers. It's a, to me, I'm telling you right now, it's a lot more about player development than anything else. I mean, are we getting LSU type players? No. But neither is Kentucky, you know, and neither is Missouri. You know, and, and and for the most part, you know, the Mississippi schools and Arkansas, you know, and some of these other SEC schools that are just kind of hanging around doing their thing. It's about player development, man. Well, here's my question. Are there – I think offers are more publicly known these days than they were then. So if it's an apples-to-apples comparison, yes. I'm not sure if it is. I'm not saying it's not for sure, but I think that question's worth asking. Because it's yeah, not, and, and it's not translating. No, no, that that that's for that much is for certain that it is that it is not translating. But I mean, I do, I I really do feel, Chris, that it is it is it is more more not not 
completely and not exclusively, but I, I really do feel that it is more of a player development issue, uh, the lacks of success. Player development and, of course, being given the necessary tools uh, by the administration. But I certainly don't want to go into another one of those. Uh, but those, all those things factor, factor into it. But I, I don't feel they've done a great job of player development. Where do you find your hope in Vanderbilt's days? I'm, I'm sorry, say that again? I said, where do you find your hope in Vanderbilt's days? Oh, uh, uh, boy. You know, of all the questions that you have ever asked me on this podcast and uh, however many years we've been doing this, it's quite possible that that might be the most difficult question that you've ever asked me. Well, it's interesting uh, because you are. Of all the people I have on the show, you are the one that is able to find the silver lining uh, better than anybody. And I'm not saying that, uh, by the right, way, in a bad way. It's just everybody's got different takes and different personalities, right? And one thing that I like yeah. about this show is that every guest I have is different. And for that, every episode that I do with this is different. And I think it's one thing that's made our podcast really appreciated. It's one thing that I enjoy about it is I feel like even as redundant as the material gets sometimes, having just different personalities and people who process things differently uh, keeps the show fresh. But when you can't find the thing to hope in, it's sure. really a problem. Well, if I number one for me is, 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 is I think is going to be Ken Seals, just because I really believe that he has a really good quarterback. Uh, that That's, you know that that's it's 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 not enough, but it's a start. Um, secondly, you know, for me, it's look every SEC school, really every school period, but every SEC school has their own different uh, it, different issues to deal with. Um, look at it. Uh, look for example, take it a team, and, and I'll come back to Vanderbilt, but like take a team like Tennessee. Okay, so Tennessee has every resource that you could possibly ask for. True or false? Sort of, because I don't think it's got necessarily intellectual brain power at times in decision making administratively. I mean, maybe I'm being too harsh. You're being too harsh. I'm talking well, about well, resources. Hang on, hang on minute, okay? um, because I'll give you another example. Texas has resources out the wazoo, but Texas never achieves it the way. Texas probably should achieve. So, and that's what I'm talking about. Well, that's my exactly point is, my point. My point is, decision making is sort of a part of that. Now, financial resources—that's a different conversation. Uh, but my point is, even sometimes the schools that have money have idiots making decisions. Um, anyway, you you can take that where you want to take it with Vanderbilt, but I think well, you see. Well, the no, point you, I'm you're making. you're making my point. Uh, you are absolutely saying what I was going to say and, and, and making my point. I mean, even some schools like Tennessee, like Texas, who seem to have endless pockets and, and a, an excessive desire uh, to win and a lot of people in their corner trying to make that happen, yet the same thing keeps happening even though they have everything theoretically that they need, the results don't come. You know. Now, see, to me, that – that would be even more frustrating because it's right there for me, and I can't find enough people that have enough sense to put it together. 
you know, put one foot in front of the other and figure out how to get this thing done. For us, I know what's tying us. I know why we've got our hands tied behind our back, and they're they're all equally frustrating. But I got to tell you, I would be disgusted. Uh, first of all, if life had, you know, made me a Tennessee fan, I'd already be disgusted. But secondly, um, to have the resources and not do a dadgum thing with it, even though you're trying to, year after year, that's got to be extremely frustrating. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I, and I say all these things to say that you, you, you know, every every school has their has has their cross to bear, as it were, or or has their limitations in some way. Uh, it usually isn't the school themselves, like it is with us, but uh, they all have their own. So I mean, while our frustration is a certain one, there's for other schools out there. Up until this year with Sam Pittman, look at Arkansas. They, they go out and hire Wisconsin's coach and Brett Bielema think, okay, man, we're going to take that. And he's going to bring that big power running game and come down here and show them how the, how the cow ate the cabbage. That didn't work. Then they think, okay, well, we'll bring in Chad Morris and his high flying and get all these Texas recruits and his big time high octane offense. And holy smokes, what did they lose? Chris, what was it 20 SEC games in a row? Yeah. Or maybe 21, you know, but it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's and that's what I'm saying. That you know, I mean, look, it's great to be Alabama. You know, it's great to be LSU. Uh, it's great to be Georgia. You know, but uh, here on this side, uh, you know, there's we're not the only ones with sets of issues. Uh, but I think that we are the only one who causes our own issues. Who uh, the, the the institution itself is the problem. You know, I don't. That's something that the other thirteen do not deal with. Uh, so it's frustrating from that standpoint, but I like to dream of a day. I, if you ask me what keeps me motivated about SEC or about Vanderbilt football, it's it's the dream. Okay, Chris, it's 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 a dream of, and, and we got and I got to see a little bit of a glimpse of it back around 2000. When was Franklin there? I mean, time goes by so. Was it 12? 2000. Was it 11, 12, and 13? Was that right? I think it was. Uh, so I saw what could happen. I, I saw what it can be. And for I'm not saying that that's enough, but it tells me that it's not impossible with the right people and the right motivation in place. That happens. This 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 team can win. You know, and wow, I'm sitting here banging my head against this wall, just frustrated as I can possibly be. Uh, the fact that it's possible to get back there, I guess, is what keeps me coming back. Because, you know, the personnel right now over as a whole in the team, I mean, no, I don't anticipate this team winning a game this year. Uh, not just from the COVID. I, I, I don't know that I would even with, with, with the COVID not being an issue uh, based on what we've seen in the last two football games. So, you know, I mean, is there a lot of reasons to have hope? No, just other than the only thing I can say is the, and I can't even call it a promise of a better day, but the hope of a better day for this program if the right people are in place. And, and you know, and, and maybe a guy like uh, Daniel Deermeyer, uh, maybe he's a reason for hope, you know? Okay. You are walking your dogs and all of a sudden you, Foot hits an object and it's a lamp, and you pick it up, and a genie pops out and gives you three wishes for Vanderbilt football, and you can't wish for more wishes. So, what are the three that you do 
right now on the spot, you got to make a decision. Okay, let me make sure I have this right. It's <laughs> okay. I get three wishes from a genie, and they're all they have to be about Vanderbilt football. <laughs> right, three wishes for Vanderbilt football that you can, and, and you can't just say win a national title. Like you, you get to say, I want to fix this. What are the things that you get to do? In other words, you can't you can't pick anything that guarantees a win or a loss, but you just get to say, okay, I get to do these three things in an attempt to help football. What are those three things? Okay, uh, I wish to be able to pick the head coach of my choice. Does that count? Yeah, or you can at least make a coaching change. So there's one. Okay. Okay, well, clearly I'd make a coaching change because I wouldn't want to be able to pick my own head coach and with all the love in the world for Coach Mason, it wouldn't be him. Okay, uh, let me no. stop you there. Let me let me make this um, – well, let me let you get your wishes out of your way. I want to circle back with you on some things. Can you go ahead and ask me the question? The only reason I asked that is because it may change my, my, my other two wishes Well, based on what you're asking. Let's say that you can pick a coach and just – I mean – Okay, obviously you'd say Nick Saban, right? But just for for to make no, I would not. No, I would not. I would not say Nick Saban. Maybe maybe give me a pick and then give me a realistic pick. My pick would be Davo Swinney. Okay, let's okay. Let's and I didn't make the condition that you had to be realistic, but let's say that uh, you had to be. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, I mean. So I guess what I'm fishing in the waters that are, it's so it's clearly more than likely not a power five coach. Now, no, you can't take that from me. I get to have my coach. It's my wish and my genie. I'll pick Dabo Swinney. <laughs> You're right. I'm being cruel here. So, all right, you get your three wishes, and then I'll circle back, and then we'll be more real world later. So, okay, uh, Dabo Swinney is the new head coach for for Vanderbilt. That that's my first wish. Uh, my, my second wish, hmm, oh, I could say something. So I don't want to say something so on the nose at a brand new stadium, (laughs) but we, but we, but we need one. (laughs) Uh, I would like to have a nice, beautiful new 60,000 seat cathedral. I don't, I don't need a hundred thousand. That's not realistic. Uh, honestly, sixty thousand probably not either, but it's more clo- it's closer to reality. So I want a nice plus sixty thousand seat stadium, uh, preferably still on campus. Okay. And number three. Hmm. Num number three. I would like to make it illegal to have orange, <laughs> to have orange in our stadium. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, number three, this is not as easy as you think. Yeah. Uh, num- number three. Number three. Because this is only for the football program, right? That's correct. This is not athletic department wide. Okay. Uh, well, let me stop you. If you make a wish that mostly applies to football, but maybe affects some other things, I'll I'll grant that because I'm playing the genie. Here, but 
Okay. Well, uh, look, at, at, okay. Uh, then number three would be, I would like to have a BOT that understands uh, BOT and, you know, some of the government and the powers that be that understands and appreciates the role that athletics plays and is is a help, not a hindrance in every possible way that they can be uh, athletically within the guidelines of uh, the parameters of the rules. I don't want them cheating. I'm not interested in that. I just want them to understand how important it is and to show the dedication to those student athletes that they do to just regular students. By the way, the three things you picked, I think, are what I would have picked as well. So let's circle back to head coaches. Uh, okay. Obviously, we know Dabble Sweeney. And I, by the way, I think that's as good a pick as I could have made. But who's realistic in your mind? Like if you're, I, I'm sorry, if you you're the up. AD and you can go after anybody that you want, and, and you know that if you're going after Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney, right, you're wasting your time, and that's precious time you could be using to find the right guy. So you are the guy making that call, uh, knowing that time is a valuable resource and those sorts of things. Who are the guys that you call? You know, I really, and okay, so I, I need a few more parameters here. Uh, what about the money? I mean, I, look, I, I'll, I'll, I'll remove the Dabos of the world, the Nick Sabans of the world, because uh, one of the guys that comes to my mind uh, right off the get is Drinkwitz at, at Missouri. Uh, that's one that I would take a look at. Um, you know, I still, I, I still, I mean, I, I know he he signed the contract there, but I'm a, still a Matt Campbell fan. Uh, Matt Campbell is another name that I would certainly take a look at. And I'm trying to think of ones that make sense for Vanderbilt that would, that I think that would be good fits for Vanderbilt. And I, how can I not go back to a guy that, whose name I just, I just, I, I would, I would love to see uh, in, in Nashville. I have more about as much respect for Bill Clark as I do any coach in America. I'm not calling him the best coach in America. I said, I have just about as much respect for Bill Clark as anybody in America. So put me down for some Bill Clark. Yeah, I like two of those three. I think Drinkwitz is a smart guy, but I think he's going to wear thin in a hurry. You think, think what? He did at his last stop too. I think he's going to wear thin in a hurry. Okay, and why is that? I just think the guy's a jerk from what I've heard. Which look, well, that does not. Um, there's there's a lot of coaches that are jerks, but. I'm just all for finding a guy who doesn't rub everybody the wrong way if we can. And maybe I am overstating, but I've heard that from a couple different ends uh, basically now at the last two stops at dinner. So, Well, you know, and I, and I can certainly appreciate that, but what I would say is he sure looks like a guy who's on the cusp of of, of, of turning Missouri into a, a very, very respectable program. I mean, they've already beaten LSU on the season and then they double up Kentucky, you know, and so, you know, it, it is, is he your best friend? No, but I didn't, I mean, what, what's, what's the conversation? You know, well, who, who's, who's the nicest person? 
let's also realize that the last guy who won here fit that description too, and maybe it was needed. Um, I can argue threes on that because the guy was, uh, I had my own experience with him, I think, as people know, and it was not a positive one, which does not invalidate any of his traits as a coach, and you've never heard me try to do that, but all things considered, I'd rather have both. And besides, and if you want to go back to the genie, if you get your wishes and you get that climate that you want, you don't have to have that kind of guy because the university's brought him, right? That's fair. What about the other two? Campbell and Clark, you down with that? Yeah, I am. Uh, Clark, again, I think that Boy, after what he has done at UAB, and that is a different kind of resource issue. That's your program gets sent to Siberia for a year or two. And, and you back. stay. And you stay, Yeah, I Chris. mean, hey, as, as much buffoonery as Vanderbilt coaches have ever had to deal with, that's not one that they have had on their list. I think that's where I go and, first is Bill Clark. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course. Now I know, you know, and Blue, I, I, who was banging Will Healy drum first? You know, besides Zach, me. You know, I mean, and and, and he's done fine. He's done a, a, a very good job. Um, so I'm not ruling that out. Just, I, and I haven't moved past that. Uh, those are just some of the other names that that I like that that, that kind of make I think makes sense uh, for a program like Vanderbilt. Well, and Healy, I think, would come with some booster support. I think you would have some guys with some dollars that would jump on on that one. Now, they might with Bill Clark or whoever else anyway, but just to point that out, I know that for a fact. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and these are all guys that, uh, you know, and I don't know about, you know, Campbell and Drinkwitz aren't coming here, but the other guys could, you know. Uh, but I don't think that any of those guys – are ungettable if Vanderbilt wanted to actually put the resources there and uh, and, and, and flex some financial muscle. I, I think they would have the opportunity to do so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess those are the ones that I'd be looking at. But if I could have my wish, and and, and I love Nick Saban, and yeah, he's the best coach in college football. But for I'm thinking about me as a player. Uh, I'm thinking about age, you know, and. Dabo Swinney makes me, I watch him, I, I could really see me wanting to play for a guy like that, you know? And he's, I mean, he's at the age where, I mean, I, I, this this could last as long as he wants to. And doesn't look like to me, it looks like to me that he just, he can't wait for Saturday. He's excited to be there. I love that. I appreciate that out of a coach. And his players play that way. By the way, the kids have stormed the office. They are over the moon excited about being on the podcast. Oh, yeah. David and Bella in the house. But I like your, back to that, and I'll bring them on in a minute, but I like your wishes. I think you have hit the three that I would have hit. Uh, 60,000 seats, I don't know about that, but hey, why not, right? I mean, you can also do concerts and things. I would make it a state-of-the-art covered, you know, whatever, but think at this point people would make anything right well i mean let's remember chris uh that you know like i said i mean and i know it's a bowl game and and and, and that's different than just your 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 regular game and i understand that but look 
They are out there. They exist. That has been proven. They just need a reason to, you just got to give them a reason, you know, and if they have that, I don't want to do something that's say something that's prosaic as if they, if you build it, they will come. But in a way, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, I do wonder, like I keep going back to baseball, okay? Okay. In 94, when baseball struck, I was just baseball crazy, right? And I was really into the Braves, lived and died with them. And when they struck in 95, I was so ticked off at baseball that I did not watch a pitch of the World Series. That's the only one the Braves ever won. And now, if I had to do that over again, I, I might. But the point is, it's how people process things. And I just wonder, I mean, 2013, 2014 just seems like 20 years ago. And again, I've said this on the podcast before, I see the absolute, I'm not going to say disappearance, but the amount of gear and bumper stickers that I see, and people don't know I live right on that edge of Franklin and Cool Springs, right in my area, it's astonishingly different. Now, I think that you have seen some of that mitigated by baseball, but because I think they've got a huge baseball following here. Uh, but that was also the time they won the national title in baseball in 14. They'd won one then, and you know, a bowl game was just a few months in the rearview mirror when they won that. So fans didn't know that that was about to tank. Uh, but I just compare that then to now, and boy, I wonder if it weren't for baseball, if you'd see them almost at all. It's just, it, it is astonishing to me when I go back and think about how, how, how much it's all just disappeared. And I think that if they had fans allowed in the stands Saturday, I don't know that you have more than five or 6,000 Bandy fans. I think that would be, given everything that's going on, I think that would be extremely optimistic. As it, it, tough as that is to say, uh, give, uh, the, giving everything that has gone on, I, th I think that would be wildly optimistic. Well, are we done with Vanderbilt sports? Uh, or any more topics you want to discuss? Because I've got kids peering over well, my shoulder. Uh, <laughs> just real quick, I mean, I think we need to at least mention that, that Vanderbilt's playing Ole Miss in, in 48 hours. Uh, yes, this is true, which I was not sure was going to happen early in the week. I mean, I wouldn't totally count 100% on them playing the game, but I just think they will. They're going to play this game. That's the first thing. Secondly, uh, my question is, hmm, an offense that's scoring just south of, what, nine points a game? <laughs> Good grief. Uh, and a defense that's giving up that going in last week was giving up over 50. I think they're giving up like 46, 47 points a game, something like that right now, them at Ole Miss. I mean, something's got to give here. The Ole Miss defense is wretched, but so is the Vanderbilt offense. Uh, where's the medium here? Can, can, can look Vanderbilt, you know, one thing that we saw Vanderbilt's had opportunities offensively. 
You know, they have. Uh, they've showed signs where they can run the football a little bit and then things stall out for various reasons. But they, they're they not incapable of moving the football. And this should be by far the worst defense that they played so far. My question is this. How many points would it take for this football team to win a game Saturday? Probably 40s, wouldn't you think? How, how many? I'm thinking in the 40s. Do you think Vanderbilt has to get in the 40s to win this football game? Maybe hmm. maybe mid to high 30s if things go real well. I mean, I, I don't think it's 100% like they can't win one under any circumstance. And the reason is Corral's thrown nine picks, man. So... Right. You, you could get potentially a pick six or two in there that doesn't count as quote unquote offensive points. And also, by the way, it's a double whammy because it's a possession role that doesn't score. Right. And, 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 and that's fair. Um, you know, but I would say this, you know, Vanderbilt scored 12 points in college station and was, and was within a possession of winning that game. Yeah, and to play devil's advocate, and, and maybe I should like say this, maybe this isn't it. fair because they had a good effort and you should give them credit, but that did not look to me like an A&M team, team that was focused with the penalties and some of the dumb stuff they did. So I, I don't know that that is yeah, an effort that they can replicate again, but I could be wrong. They, I mean, Maybe, maybe play, not. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But here's what you could say that they weren't focused. But what I would say to you is, you know, Vanderbilt was doing things like forcing turnovers. It didn't look to me like there was just a lack of focus on, on, on Texas A&M's part. I mean, Vanderbilt pretty much played the whole same at that level for the, almost the entire football game. I mean, they were physical at the point of attack. You know, they weren't turning the football over, you know, I, you know, made some plays here and there, had their opportunities, didn't quite you know, come up. They, I mean, they, they came up short clearly, but they were clearly facing a a much better defense than they're going to be facing on Saturday. Um, and, you know, they were they were there the entire time. Now, I mean, yeah, and LSU were what they were. They got their face beat in. There's no doubt about that. The only thing I'm saying is I – and I and I get it from a track meet standpoint. That's not who we are. It's not the neighborhood we want to live in. But right now, Ole Miss is, is not a good football team. Clearly, we're not either. Uh, but, I mean, if I'm Ole Miss, what, what am I clinging to? I know what we are, but what is Ole Miss clinging to? Well, Ole Miss is a competitive football team, at least, and Vanderbilt is not one. What's Ole Miss's record? Uh, what are they, one and – Something uh, we have in front of me. If Vanderbilt had come within seven of both Auburn and Alabama the last two weeks, same thing I'd be saying if they come in within seven of Texas A&M. Okay. Well, and by the way, Ole Miss didn't come within seven points of uh, Alabama. Okay, but that was a that was a seven point game for the win. So you you may, you're right about that. But the point is that game was. And they get would they end up giving up sixty something points in that game? Yeah, but let me just cut to the chase here. I think that the difference is athletes, and you saw it last year. I think there's 
a level of athlete that Ole Miss has that Vanderbilt doesn't, and I think that sort of transcends some of the stats here. I mean, it did last year for sure. I, I mean, yes, but couldn't I say that about this team every single year against uh, all the I other teams? I think it's there? worse now than it's been. I think that's probably right. I, I, you know, mainly, mainly uh, in some areas of concern like the offensive line. You know, I, I'll, I'll I'll ride with that for 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 the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not trying to pretend like this team is is good by any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, if there's a winnable game left on the schedule in this conference, I would have to think this one was it. Well, and let me give you an example of what I'm thinking about. I remember the the Tennessee game of 2016, which is one of the best games Vanderbilt has played in a decade. Then I remember Trent Sherfield and Kalijah Lipscomb and Caleb Scott might have even had a play in there, too, where they're making huge plays downfield, right? Um, and then you go back the last couple of years, you have Keyshawn Vaughn doing some of the things that he did. You go back to the Georgia upset in, I guess, what was that, 2016 or whatever that was, when Zach Cunningham is uh, just wrecking the game. And then what he does you know, against Auburn on the Plains to almost win that game. And they just do not make plays like that anymore. It's been, other than what Vaughn did a year ago, it's just something you don't see. And I, I guess the closest you can come is you've seen it out of Odingbo and Vince in the opener. But, I mean, we're really having to drill down for examples compared to what it was. And I look, I go back to recruiting, and a lot of those kids um, were kids that I think that maybe Franklin got or laid the groundwork for. And I just think it is – it is a very different environment in terms of guys they have to make plays than it was just two, three, four years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I look. I, it's not like I don't get what you're saying because because I certainly do. Uh, I just I just think that I mean it, it, this this just looks like a winnable football game to me. It just does. This is you know I mean right now Ole Miss is scrambling for answers that they don't have. You know, I mean, of course, we don't have them either, but if there's a winnable game here on this schedule, this just has to be it. But I'm going to go back for just a second and take a look. at. Let's just go back and, and look at uh, this this past class, all right? And, 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 and look, at. I understand the difference because everything's relative and it's about who you're playing. But you look at, just just go back to last year's class. Look at some of the people that they brought in. Mike Wright, plenty of people after Mike Wright. Derricky Wright, at one time was an Alabama commit. Donovan Kaufman, phenomenal player uh, with with multiple Power Five uh, offers. You know, and and I look at some of the other guys. Look like Ken Seals, same thing. Bradley Ashmore. These these are guys with with these are we're not beating out Old Dominion. You know, which is what we used to do. We used to beat out UTC when I was going. Even when I was in college, we were beating out UTC for players. You know, if we got a wild hair up our tail, we beat UAB. You know, maybe South Alabama for some players. And and the level of offers and 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 that, that we've got, and even under Mason, you know, some of the players and their level of offers is better. It's, it's actually marketably better than it used to be. It you know, is, so it's not but, like we're just. It's, but they're just. So but what you can. I mean, it, it feels it feels okay, like. Okay, so what is that? It was. 
Well, that yes, I, that you're correct. And what does that say? Exactly what I told you this was about in the first place. Player development under Mason, it's awful. The recruiting is what is for Vanderbilt. It's actually pretty decent comparatively, but the player development is not. And to me, that's the biggest difference. I mean, I don't expect to win battles with Auburn and Alabama all the time in recruiting. That's just not realistic. And I get all that, but that doesn't mean that we can't take the players that we get in there and get the most out of them. And that's what I'm not seeing. Well, and here's the silver lining, and we've been struggling a whole podcast to find one, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen it with Arkansas this year. You saw it with Franklin when he took over in 11. A good coach or a great coach, and I don't know that Sam Pittman's a great coach yet, right? But what's happened so far is what's happened. And Missouri also a good example in terms of how much better that team has gotten. Sometimes if you make the the change from a poor coach to one who's really, really good. There are there, there's talent there and ways to bring it out that you didn't see before. So if you're right, and by the way, technically you are right because the offer lists look a lot mm-hmm. different than they did ten or twenty years ago. And again, recruiting climate might be different, but if you're looking from some hope, the hope would be if these kids are what their offer list apparently was in high school, then you bring the right guy in and competitiveness is a lot closer than you think. Oh, I totally agree with that because that, that guy can do what develop that talent. And then all of a sudden, you know, no, are we beating, are we, are we playing Clemson in the semifinals? No, you know, we don't, we, that's where the recruiting really comes in, you know, and separates the, the, the good from the great, uh, but in this case, for us to be, because I think, look, I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I guarantee you, our fan base, and uh, and I'd be willing to say a hundred percent of it, if not high nineties, would be tickled pink if this team could go, could average seven and five a year. You know, they take that all day long. I know I would. You know, I, I had a slight taste of it uh, for three years, and I know I loved it. You know, and, 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 you know, you know what, you know what, you know what I love more than anything. I love the sting that I felt when we lost during that era. You know what I mean? Cause it was really, it was like, crap. How the crap did we lose to Auburn? You know, <laughs> or, or I can't believe we lost to Ole Miss, you know, man, we should have beat Florida though. That, that felt good to say, and it was true. And, and the best part that it was, it was true. Now that's just a, you know, that's just a dream, you know, but even in the losses generally for the most time, the part they were competitive and when they weren't and when they weren't, something was done about it within a week or two that did that trend. I mean, you remember the Missouri game a couple of years ago when James Franklin came in uh, and, and they lit us up like a Christmas tree, you know, from, from kickoff. I think we were even favored in that game. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, that was a, that was the worst. One of the worst games of Franklin's career. Although that team was better than the mm-hmm. time Missouri, but yes, no doubt about it. Yeah, no question about it. And 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 it was just truly one of those games. Missouri, which Missouri, by the way, was extremely talented on both sides of the football. 
I mean, they had NFL players uh, on both sides of the field, uh, on both sides of the football, and they were a very good team. But, you know, we, we were at a point where we thought, well, this is a team that we should beat, you know, and, and maybe we should have. I don't know. Um, but we didn't just mire in the next three, four, five games playing the exact same way, and it just got worse and worse. Generally, when something like that happened, we fixed it. You well, know, I want to that's bring what I look for. something else up, too. I've been digging through some old records here. And by the way, guys, my kids are about to go crazy be on the pod here. Uh, they're writing All right. and saying, when, when are we getting on? Uh, tell, that guy to, tell that guy to shut up. Exactly. <laughs> okay, here's, here's another thing that comes with coaching, right? I'm going back and looking at uh, Franklin's first game. They beat Elon 45-14 kind of a, a non-event. They beat UConn the next week as a two-point favorite. That was a 5-7 and seven UConn team. Vandy went that 24-21 and trailed in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. I think Casey Hayward had a pick six that won that game for them, maybe, or, or set up the win or something. But uh, they beat Ole Miss the next week. That was an Ole Miss team that had thrown in the towel. That's 30-7. to seven. Uh, They go lose – 21-3 to 12th-ranked South Carolina. Then they get 34 nothing to Alabama. Frankly, that, that one could have been worse, uh, given how good Alabama was. And then the next week was the game that I think really sort of started to turn things around. That's when they lose that game to Georgia uh, by five points and had a shot to win at the end. Uh, then they go beat Army. And then Arkansas, which wound up in the top five, they lose that one 26-21. Um, excuse me, 31-28. And that was a game where, uh, you know, you had Stacy's fumble with the one that gets run back 90-something the other way for a score. So it's a 14-point swing. You know, and that's the only time Stacy fumbled all year. That doesn't happen. They win that game. Uh, then they're a 13-point dog to Florida. They win. Um, they throttle Kentucky. They, they go to Knoxville and lost a game they should have won. And then they throttle Wake at the end of the year. But I look at that schedule in 2014, you know, that Connecticut game, Connecticut wasn't very good. And that was a competitive game pretty much the whole way that they squeaked out. I look through the season and how much better they got because I never would have dreamed they played with what was a legit top five Arkansas team. Uh, but they did, you know, and Florida too in there. So it wasn't just – getting more out of the talent, it was getting believed, and they don't have any of that right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you could see the difference. You can absolutely see the difference. No, no, no question about it. So yeah, just, you know, if you're looking for silver linings, I don't have a lot of them right now. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I just don't have a lot. And, 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 and you're, you're right. If anybody can find one, I'd like to think it's me, but I, I I'm not just going to say one just to be saying one. I have to, I have to see something. And, and at the moment, based on what we've seen so far in the last two games, and remember it's been a while since we played a game, but just in the last two games, I haven't seen anything that, you know, that gives me what you're talking about, that type of hope, at least not yet. Well, I'm to the point, and I'm sure this will make people happy. They might as well just drop football unless they're willing to make some significant changes because it just feels pointless. Well, I, I can't say that, but but then again, you don't love football the way I do. I mean, I, I, it, it, your passion is baseball, mine is football. I I, I mean, 
to me that it would be the imagine saying that about baseball. I can't. I, I can't. I can't get to that point. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I can't utter those words. So if they go two and ten every year for the next twenty years, you don't care. I mean, that, that's not. That, I know that's I not don't how you care. Think, but you you would rather do that than have no fans. I, I mean, dude, Vanderbilt's been terrible since I've been uh, since I was a little boy. I'm used to it. You know, I, I'm used to the struggle, but at least. You know, it, 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 in certain times, the, the the enemy wasn't always within. You know, the way it, it seems like it's been for a oh, while I now. Think but the enemy's always been within. It's just more out there now. Just just more apparent now. Yeah, I'll I'll ride with that. But I mean, what about? I mean, why 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 come almost five decades just to say I quit? I mean, I've oh. seen it all. And that's not what I'm suggesting either. I think they should get invested and do this right. And I think there's potential there. But oh, well, geez, I do too. I think that too. <laughs> I think every Vanderbilt fan that feels that way. But you know why? Threading, threading this needle well, of doing just not enough to not to kicked out of to get kicked out of the SEC right. or whatever you want to call it is, is just pointless. I mean, I would rather if I'm running an AD. Although I guess if you you quit, then you're out of the SEC, and that affects other stuff too. But I would I'd rather pump more money into basketball and baseball uh, if you're just going to be bad. Well, I, I I I don't. I mean, I mean, I know that totally makes sense, but I mean, I can't. I, I just can't, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. You're not wrong, but I can't do that. And by the way, I, I mean, I love football. You can ask my wife. I, I was, when we were leaving Colorado Saturday, which is where, we're, where we were this weekend, she's getting frustrated with me because I'm trying to watch the last couple minutes of the Titans game or trying to hold her off and leaving. And then I'm in the car and I'm asking her to give me play-by-play from the phone. I mean, I love football. I might not love it the way you do, but it's not that I don't. Oh, no, I understand that, but – I mean, even still to this point, as angry as I am in a lot of aspects about this program, look at it like this. I I used to love NASCAR, Chris. I no longer watch NASCAR. Do you know why I don't watch NASCAR anymore? No clue. I don't watch NASCAR anymore because I don't have anybody that I can pull for. I had two drivers that I loved in my in my my NASCAR watching time. I loved Lake Speed from the '80s all the way up until the time he retired around 2000. And then when he retired, uh, it was about the same time that Tony Stewart came on the scene. And I had always said that if Tony Stewart made it to the NASCAR circuit, that he would be the guy that would take over for me for watching Lake Speed. So when I watched those races, I would be fixated on that person. How they did is how I felt about the race. If he crashed in the first. 10 laps. I didn't watch the rest of the race. I was focused on that. I love college football. There's some teams that I like, but there's only one team that I love. They fold that thing up and college football for me looks like something very different. Yeah. I'm to the you know, point where I, I just enjoy following with just the storyline, just kind of as a, a news guy. Um, I, I can't, I think as I've gotten older, and I've gotten into this in a journalistic way. My interest tends to be in terms if I'm covering something I'm interested in. If I'm not, it's harder to get my attention. 
Yeah, that's that. That's just uh, that, that. I have to have that thing that binds me to it. And even though they break my heart on a weekly basis, that is Vanderbilt football for me. So I mean, that's why I get so disgusted, Chris, when you hear me fly off the handle on this stuff because it matters that much to me. See, I'd rather uh, have my Saturdays to watch good football. Uh, just, just as a well, if I was going to do that, then I never would have been a Vanderbilt fan in the first place. Just go find me a good team and, and saddle up with them. Yeah, Anybody can do that. I'm just getting the take a where, look, I've got a job to do right. I, I go do it. But I'm, I'm just like, I find myself thinking, man, I wish I was at home watching Alabama, whoever, or whatever, whatever good football game, or watching my nephew. I mean, I, I do it because it's my job, but it just, it just, and I don't mean any disrespect to the players. By the way, I've really upset my dog, apparently. Um, I don't mean I shouldn't I have a lot of respect for the players and the families and, and, and a lot of the coaches and people around football, but uh, it just it just increasingly seems pointless to me if you're not going to try. I mean, you know, I, and, I, and it breaks my heart. I wish they would. It freaks me out. It freaks me out and frustrates me. But I'm, I'm, I'm too far invested, Chris. I mean, am I disgusted as much as you? Yeah, sure I am. You know, but I mean, like I said, I mean, they're the biggest part of college football. Sadly, they're the biggest part of college football for me, which is it, it may mean guaranteed heartbreak, but, you know, so be it. I mean, that's that's my lot in life, I guess. So, I mean, I just happen to pull for a school who doesn't give a flip about uh, its own football program. But, uh, you know, 40 something years. You know, I've been following that program lo longer. Pretty much any of them ever worked there uh, or been a part of that program. But, you know, I can't turn it off. You might be able to. I can't. I wish I could. At times, I, God, I wish I could. Then I, then I wouldn't be disgusted. Then I wouldn't have to say, well, I can't turn on SEC Network or I can't turn on that. You know, I can't turn on, uh, you know, ESPN or whatever. I'm just grateful I'm in a town where I, there are no other Vanderbilt fans. It's just me. You know, because or maybe I'm not grateful. Maybe I wish I had some other people to go through with go through this with me, you know, instead of just being miserable all the time. And and it's really what really sucks to me is I, I, I don't want to be in a situation where the, I get more happiness out of UT, UT not winning than my football program winning. But sometimes you got to go with what you get. Well, see, and that's where they are. The, the, the best moment judging from my board, a Vanderbilt fan season was watching Tennessee get dismantled by Alabama, which is yeah, that's I just mean, right back to where it was 20 or 25 years ago, where you had nothing to hang your hat on, and it, it got to that, that's where you had to stoop to go. Well, get certain people away from that school, we could get back to the business of, 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 of at least being competitive. You know, and oh, by the way, that doesn't mean becoming a school full of knuckleheads and nitwits. It just means that we recognize that if we're going to put that name and we're going to wear it, and these kids that you brought into the school from all parts of the country, uh, that you're going to give them the full Vanderbilt experience and the and and the full benefits of of all that you have, which is quite a lot. Uh, it's fair. It's right. I mean, for me, I don't know. I'm, I'm weird like that. If I'm going to put my name on something, then I want it to be the best that it can be, whatever it is.
you know, even if it's the the, the most menial thing, that may not seem like much of anything. Uh, if I'm going to put my name behind it, then I'm going to try to make it the best that it can possibly be. But I'm weird like that. Are you ready to interview a couple of kids? I am, but before we do that, I, you know, I got to throw a high school shout out real quick to uh, a particular school there in Nashville. I got to tell you something, man. You know, and I get it. You know, he's got the benefit of a comfort, but he's not the only NF, the former NFL coach, uh, coaching at private school in Nashville. But what about Trent Dilfer and the job he's doing at Lipscomb Academy right now? Do you see that they beat CPA last week? Wow, that's that's a big win because CPA has been a power for a while. I have not followed high school football much at all this year. I mean, I did a couple of years ago where I was covering it on a freelance Friday night gig, but I mean, CPA. They beat Franklin Road Academy 61 to nothing. Well, FRA you know, but think about this. Group. FRA has had some talent and has at times been awful. You know, but think about this for a second. Think about some of the Nashville high school private coaches, private school coaches. You know, I mean, the former NFL quarterbacks, Engel Martin, Jonathan Quinn over at Davidson Academy who they won the state championship last year and they're going to win it again. I've called their game earlier this year. They're going to win it again this year without question. Uh, you know, Trent Dilfer, you know, I mean, all of a sudden the end thing to do is become a, a, a private school head football coach in Nashville. Well, and on that topic a little bit, you know, Jack O'Dowd moved, that family moved to Nashville in preparation for him playing at Vandy and that's where he chose for baseball. So that was interesting too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right, man. And I, and I, I noticed where, uh, you know, rock Batten is of course now the coach over at Ensworth and it hadn't really worked out so far, but I mean, I think it will, he did a great job at BGA, a, a fantastic job there. Okay. Where would you like to go next? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Um, I'm going to bring, Isabella to the mic. I think I'm going to take my headphones off so I can hear this. I hope it does not cause interference. But uh, these kids have been waiting 45 minutes for this, so I'll let you. I'll let you interview them, as I'm sure you will make it. I'm very nervous. All right. I'm very. I'm very nervous here. Okay. Hi. Hello, Bella. How are you? Good. I'm so excited and so happy to be talking to you. I wanted to ask you about something. Will, will you help me out? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to talk to you, if you don't mind. If you don't want to talk about them, you just let me know. But I'm, I'm kind of interested in unicorns. Can you tell me anything about unicorns? Do you like unicorns? Yes. Oh, that is so, such good news. What? Tell me what you like about unicorns. If you had a unicorn, if I could bring a unicorn to your house, what would you name it? I would name it Rainbow. You would name your unicorn Rainbow? How come? I like rainbows, and most unicorns have rainbow tails. You know, they certainly do. Where Where would your unicorn sleep if you had one? Probably in my room. Would you build a little bed for it to lay right next to it, or would it sleep at the end of the bed with you? It would. I would probably make. I would probably have it sleep on the 
end of my bed. Oh man, I need I need one of those. Do you think old unicorn? What? Would like your unicorn? Yeah. Hmm. What about David? Would they? Would you let David ride your unicorn? <laughs> what about your daddy? Would you let him ride your unicorn? Yep. Oh, boy, you are one sweet girl. How old are you now, Bella? Nine. Nine years old. And and what are you, in the third grade? I'm in fourth grade. You are in fourth grade, and you love unicorns. <laughs> Bella, you are a sweet, sweet little girl. Uh, what's David doing right now? He's Playing with our dog. <laughs> Waiting for you. He's playing. He's playing with Oreo. All right, I'm going to ask him a couple of baseball questions. Okay. Bella, you have a great day. I'm so proud of you, okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. You have a great day. Let me talk to David. Hi. Hi, David. How you doing, buddy? Man, I understand that you are the biggest San Diego Padres fan in Nashville. Is that true? <laughs> I can hear the no through the phone. I can hear it through the phone. I, but I do think, if I understand correctly, that you are a big Atlanta Braves fan. Is that right? Yes. All right. First of all, I got to ask you, who's your, who's your favorite Atlanta Brave? Dansby Swanson, because he went to Vanderbilt? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the Braves had a very good year this year. They made it all the way to the NLCS. How do you think they'll do next year? Do you think that they can go to the World Series? Yes. Me too. What What do you think they need to do to get better and make it to the World Series? What do they need? More home runs. We all need more home runs, to be sure. And, of course, they, you know, if they were healthier, losing Soroka hurt them a lot, didn't it? Yeah, that hurt them a little bit, man. I want to ask you one question. What do you think about Oreo? You like Oreo? Mm -hmm. He's a good boy, isn't he? All right. Hey, one more question, Dave. Who's going to win the AFC South, the Titans or the Colts? Are they your favorite team? Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite player on the Titans? Um, it was Marcus Mariota, but now it's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, double deuce. He won the rushing title last year. Do you think he's going to win it again this year? Yeah, I think you're probably right, David. Well, you did great, son. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. You, uh, I think you made their days. We did have a mailback question. Uh, I'll let my kids oh, answer this. Come here, guys. Okay. Okay. Ann Arbordor wants to know, if Oreo played a sport, what sport would he be best at? You can answer that first. I think Oreo would be really good at um, baseball because he was found in Georgia. So, and he, his collar is red, so we think he really likes 
the color um the color red and we think his favorite team would be the Atlanta Braves so I think he would be really good at baseball. I think Borio would be good at baseball. Okay, David, what do you think? Uh huh. How come? Um, because he likes blue. We think his second favorite color is blue. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, I, I can't think of a better answer than that. Football and baseball. Got a red collar, was found in Georgia, and loves the colors red and blue. Yeah, I think you're both right. Good job, guys. That was some uh, high-level podcasting there. Man, I'm telling you what, man. That's, that's breaking it down country style right there, buddy. <laughs> Good job. Well, thanks for doing that. Um, I get to monkey off my back for a while. And uh, thank you for coming on today. Well, you know what, Chris? Thanks for having having me man that's right one of these days these shows are going to be different right <laughs> uh, sure <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i hope so i hope so hey, hey by the way uh is there a countdown clock how far are we from basketball who knows the schedule <laughs> is not out it's not going to be out till sometime in november you know you had espn canceling those tournaments in Florida, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't get the sense they were going to play a full out of conference schedule anyway. And I say full compared yeah. to everybody else. I might be dead wrong about that, but there was some, uh, some talk about some less than ambitious out of conference schedules. Well, you know, I, I just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm interested to watch this team this year, though, man. You know, I don't know what my level of expectation. Are. I just, I like the way they were playing at the end of the year, and I would just like to see uh, how how things. I don't know, maybe start off at least. You know, if, if there's if there's any difference. Uh, you know, if, if some of these youngsters and some of these transfers uh, make a difference. At, at, you know, of, of any kind. I, I know I read, uh, where did I read uh, that uh, maybe that Thomas may have an impact possibly uh, this year, some of the other guys, whether or not McBride's going to be available, uh, what this team looks like with, I mean, are, are, Chris, are we, are we calling it positionless basketball? I don't know if it's positionless. I think it's a lot of ball handlers on the floor is what he wants. I talked to him for Blue Ribbon. And that's the impression that I got. And yeah. with, with Thomas, I think the implication that I drew from it was that Thomas might have a bigger impact, but just because they weren't counting on McBride. So I don't know if it's like this is some transformational player in his freshman year, or it's just, okay, plan A is not working out, so now someone's got to do Hey man, you know I don't I don't care what the name on the jersey is. I just want the result, whether it's Thomas or McBride or or or, or Oreo, whoever gets it done. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm I'm ready to, I'm ready to see what this team does. I'm ready to see if they can pick up uh, the way they left off because if nothing else, they were fun to watch in that last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean I I go back and the one thing that I really give them credit for is that. Um, you know, not not only did they get a win against LSU, uh, 
when it had gone really poorly. But then, then they go through another seven-game losing streak, and they win two of them. So that does say something. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hopeful we'll get a crack at seeing what this team looks like. My friend, tell folks where they can find you on Twitter and on the radio dial. Yeah, man, you can follow me on Twitter at Cheap Seats Bass. And then, of course, uh, on their radio dial at 101.5 FM, Monday through Friday, uh, from 6 to 8 on the Cheap Seats. However, in the next week or two, um, my time will be changing a little bit. So uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated with that. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. He is Seabass and Chris Lee.